Hello, 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 6am run community, runners, walkers, fitness enthusiasts. I feel as we grow, we get so many unique customers who come to us for obviously our nutrition products. But as this podcast grows, I'm really excited. Um, And I want to, again, start every show off with a little gratitude and thank you guys for continuing to make this show what it is. I just was having a pre-call with my guest. I'm going to get right to him here in a second but I'm definitely on a learning journey myself and you guys are coming along with me and we're having some amazing guests from various various walks of life. And Dane, I'm going to introduce you. I, I want everyone to meet Dane Sanders, but Dane, you can better than I can, can tell everyone why. We just talked for about 10 minutes of why I pinged you, mm-hmm. but can you please tell our audience why you are the a, a great person to talk about what we're about to talk about? Yeah. First of all, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for leading the way you're leading. So important. And thanks for listening to everyone who's on the other end of this. My name is Dane. And I'll tell you, my quick backdrop story was when I was an undergrad student, I learned marketing. I studied marketing in college. And at the end of my degree, I felt like I learned how to manipulate people to buy things they didn't want or need. And I felt totally gross. So I decided to study philosophy in grad school as a like a reaction. And Anyone who knows friends who studied philosophy in grad school, they know that they're unemployed or they're teaching. And that's what I got lucky enough to do was teach. And I taught the stuff I learned. I taught Aristotelian virtue ethics, which is philosophy around how do you live a good life and can you be a good person and how do you not just survive, but flourish, but thrive. And it was around that time that I met two individuals. One was a guy named Seth Godin, who a lot of your listeners will know, amazing marketer who influenced me more than anybody else. In fact, redeemed marketing for me. I love good ethical marketing now. Yes. And then the other guy was a guy named Donald Miller, who helped me understand that we're all living into a story, that we can actually craft our stories and choose the the roles that we play in it. And so much of what I see you guys doing at 6am Run is you are inviting people into a bigger story to get to a place where they're living differently, where they're gaining agency and autonomy. And that's what I spend most of my energy on. I run a company called Tell Me Your Dreams, where we help employees love their job. And I run a side project. One's called Men of Discomfort. The other one's called Women of Discomfort. We combine it to moadlife.com. But it's all about voluntary discomfort to fight back against the disease, which is comfort in our world. And I think anyone who's getting up at 6 a.m. to run, they understand what discomfort's all about. Oh, for sure. For sure. I don't think it's ever an easy thing. I don't think anyone will tell you they love getting out, of, especially on the East Coast. Dane, you're out there. You're out there in Cali. But I don't think anyone will tell you it's it's a pleasure. My wife was saying the other day, she's like, you know, oh, you like running. I'm like, no, no, I don't. I love the euphoria of finishing. Yeah, what you get from running. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that feeling. Every day I wake up and I'm like, get trying to figure out reasons not to do it. But none of those reasons ever top Hami the feeling of when you're at minimum, I do three miles every day. And none of those feelings are like what you're going to get out of it real quick too. And by the way, all of it is very similar in in our styles and work ethics. Sometimes the workout is different. You said your go-to of choice is CrossFit. Am I right? It is. Although I live in the endurance capital of the world, this place called Auburn, California. And so you can't get away from mountain biking, trail running, endurance running. The great Western States ends here. So a lot of running and my background, I've actually done quite a bit of running, but in the last three or four years, I've spent a ton of energy around mobility, thinking about longevity. I want to compete in the Centenarian Olympics when I'm 100 years old, 50 years from now. My attitude is like, how do I put myself in a position of freedom where I can do what I actually want to do? I don't want to just grow old. I want to enjoy growing old. 
Yeah. So that, in my mind, is the path. And by the way, I am soft now that I live in California, but I grew up in Nova Scotia, Canada. So I know what cold's all about, man. I know what it's like to get up and do it. Well, and by the way, and, and our audience knows, and, and, and I've, had, I've had some support. I've had some people get at me. I'm a treadmill guy. I cannot. Oh, bless you. I will head. get up at six in the morning, but I cannot. That's a certain kind of hell reserved for people. That is awful. That is awful. I know, I know. <laughs> but I cannot go out there. Maybe it's my father and parents are Persian. Maybe it's that uh-huh. Middle Eastern in me. I cannot go out in that cold weather. And, well, and- I got a little gift for you. So you can't go out there up until now. But from now on, who knows? Here's what I make up, Hami, is, is I think that if you could embrace, not for like a long three-mile run or even longer, but like if you could just... Every day, especially in the winter when it's cold as hell outside, you decide to go outside and run around the block. Do like, just dip your toe in the Mm -hmm. discomfort that is cold. All the guys around Wim Hof know this stuff. It is amazing what it gives us. So no, and to be honest with you, you're, you're not wrong. And let me, let me tell you too. And and there's a couple reasons too. I say that, and you're bringing a few more things out of me. I think too, I have two areas of my body that hate the cold, and it's my face and nose and my fingers and hands. I can wear shorts. Uh, I can wear, for the most part, like just a, like a long sleeve tee, and I'll be fine. It is the getting dressed, right? The bundling up, then kind of coming in. I will say having a treadmill in the basement, there's an aspect of that. And so I can hopefully get a little bit of sympathy and excuse is also the time, right? Totally. Just to throw on shorts and go downstairs and go. You know what I mean? I do. And I have a Peloton. I get it. It's just, if it's a difference between getting it in and not getting it in, right? you got to do what you got to do, full stop. But I'm more saying like, oh, there's just some gold. Oh, for sure. Cold showers and trying to find a way, even when it's so uncomfortable. Oh, and again, going outside, there is nothing. I will say this, even with sometimes if I cover my nose or face, there's no substitute for fresh air in your lungs. There just isn't. A treadmill can have a fan. It's not the same. Part of what got me through my New York City Marathon, we are getting a little off topic here, but part of what got me through my, my New York City Marathon is those brisk fall mm-hmm. New York kind of weather. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so that was really awesome. I want to get back. We can always digress and we got to probably have you. What this is telling me is we're going to need two episodes with you. Nice. But we talked in the pre-call about, you know, kind of chasing your dreams. Mm-hmm. I think that every one of us has dreams, right? I want to start to, and I want your help. I always put myself, my dream, right? Growing up, I'm going to be a pro athlete. Mm-hmm. You then realize like, that's, that's just not going to happen. Then it's like, well, I'm going to be a rich millionaire in corporate America. And then that doesn't happen. Mm. But it took me, I'm 42. I'm right up there with you. It took me till 35, 40. This, and now, by the way, and luckily I, I toughed it out. This is what I'm meant to do. This makes me happy every day. If there's one thing that does make me jump out of bed, you know, it's 6 a.m. run. Mm-hmm. What do you tell the people that right now their potential dreams are not coming true? Maybe it's not what's meant for them, or maybe they're just not going about pursuing. You know, we had a great pre-call and I want to get into that. Yeah, let's talk. So, and we, I'm in this conversation all the time, especially with younger people. Like when I'm talking to somebody, they're in their first real job in their early 20s, and we talk about, hey, tell me your dreams. And they get paralyzed. They're terrified. They're like, they're like, I got to pick one. Oh my gosh, I got to pick one. Like, and this is what I'll say to all your listeners. You're thinking too hard about the one dream. Yeah. And you're not thinking hard enough about the hundreds of little dreams. Right. Being a micro dream achiever, where for some of your listeners, it's like they've been listening and they've actually never gotten up at 6 a.m. yet. Right. 
And for them, that's a win. They do that for five days in a row. They're in a whole new category of how they see themselves and they can build off of that. Yeah. So we talk a lot about at, at TMYD is minimally viable dreams, finding a dream that is so small, you could trip over it. I like that. But if you do it, then you can build on it. And, you know, you read guys like James Clear and, you know, Atomic Habits, he talks about this all day long. It's identity-based habits where we start seeing ourselves differently because we just took one significant step. And when you make it a little easier for yourself to do it, like when you're describing the difference between not running or getting on the treadmill, like that's a great way to get onto the thing. And we all have those available to us if we'll pause long enough to think through who do we want to be that we're not right now. Yeah. Now, sometimes, again, people are overwhelmed. They're like, oh, that's too big of a question. So I would just say, chunk it down. Think about the five Fs in your family. Who do you want to be that you're not? Are you showing up as a partner that you would like to be as a dad, as a mom, as a whatever? How about your friends? Are you showing up in, in your friend's life the way you'd like? Do you have a dream of how you'd be a better friend or you'd have better friends? What about finances? Are you in debt and you want to get out of that and you want to find a new way forward? What you want to pay off that student loan, you want to buy that car, you want to get into that house. That's just a series of methodical little steps. People have done it before you, they'll do it after. You can do it, but it's a matter of naming it and putting yourself on the hook. Right. So friends, family, finances. Sometimes faith is a big deal. Like maybe you have a faith that you've forgotten all about and you want to get back to it. That's an important consideration. And then faith, finances, friends is the fifth one. Oh, fitness. Maybe get mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe get into a place where you're where you're in a good spot. And I find if I can come up with 10 possible minimally viable dreams in those five categories, you got a lot of options in front of you. And then it's a matter of putting yourself on the hook, telling somebody out loud, I'm gonna do this by that day. And you're in a whole different planet of becoming who you want to be. Nice. Those kind of pillars. I love that you, you know, you put them out there for people to see. You talked a little bit about marketing, right? You, your yeah. school, your background. It's funny. We can talk about this too. I went to school for marketing and it's funny. We had similar distaste, but but even mine was a little different, Dane. Mm-hmm. What mine was, I went to school for marketing. Mm-hmm. I'm 42. Marketing was television, telemarketing, radio ads, magazines, newspapers, right? Yep. I graduate University of Delaware in 2002. Literally the internet boom comes in right after that marketing, just more or less, don't get me wrong, those type of marketings never stop, but marketing really successful marketing becomes digital, right? right. Yeah. So I look at it and I'm like, and I feel bad for my parents who I'm an only child, but they still paid for my education. I look at it like, holy shit, my dad just wasted money, right? Mm -hmm. Everything I'm doing, I'm teaching myself. And I'm like, you know, so I think to your point, we have to, and I don't want to go off on a tangent here. And I, I want your opinion on this. But what I soon realized is trade schools are not bad, right? Right. Beauty, makeup, carpentry, mechanic. These schools are not bad at all. I have a buddy of mine who's a plumber and is a millionaire. Totally. All my plumber friends are millionaires. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So let me comment real quick. So like, like when, I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off. Were you going to say something? No. And that, that's what I'm saying. I think like, you know, I cringe every time I hear someone say, I want to be the first in my family to go to college. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate that. And I know that that's maybe like your family's telling you, Hey, be the first of our family to go to college. Personally, when I hear that, I'm like, so you've boxed yourself in because no one in your family ever went to college. So you feel you have to go to college. Yeah. So what I respect about those comments is people have a dream to do something unique, stand on the shoulders of their family and do something special. I love that. I know you do. I know you love that too. 
Um, it's funny though, because I got three kids in college right now that I'm paying through the nose for. Wow. And I got a fourth in high school. And I taught at college for a number of years. That's where I was a teacher. I taught at a liberal arts school in Santa Barbara called Westmont College. And I taught leadership and character development. And there's a sense in which I think there's good colleges and bad colleges. And this relates to your trade school conversation. So the way college was supposed to be or university was supposed to be is you were supposed to go there to learn skills to do life, even when culture shifted. So when culture shifted from analog to digital, if we had gotten good marketing degrees, we would have learned things like, how do you enroll people to help them get what they want and market the right things for them to get that? Absolutely. But instead, what a lot of us got taught was techniques to manipulate people that actually wasn't really about enrolling. And as a result, we have a bad taste, like, oh my gosh, it wasn't worth the money. Right. And I would say if, if anyone's thinking about like being the first, whatever, like I love the vision of the dream that they want to be the first to do a thing, but really think big picture. Like once you've had that thing, then what will you want to go do? Will you want to kind of stand on those shoulders and, and kind of rise up even further? And if you're going to do it, are you sure you need to go into debt to go do it? Exactly. Could it be that you could do it another way when the world's Like there's this great Reddit thread a number of years ago that said, if you ran into somebody who was from the 1940s and they just kind of flew in on a UFO today and said, hey, what's new? What can you explain that's really weird about the world today? And they, all these people had these great answers. And one person said, we have in our pocket, all of the world's knowledge that we can all access and we use it to watch cat videos and make fun of our friends. It's funny. It's such a good response because it's like, we're crazy. We can do so many things. If we could dream with the tools we have in hand that we don't have to go in debt for, we could go pretty far. But that's not very comfortable. People actually want to do their dreams, but do it conveniently. And I think that's the part. If you're willing to be uncomfortable, there's not many things you can't do for free. Sure. But you got to put yourself on the hook to go do it. Right. I like that comment. And again, I want to also make sure I say this statement, doctors, lawyers, I think there's a lot of things that secondary education, those engineers, there's so many things. If my child comes to me and says, you know, I want to do marketing, communications, University of Delaware now, and and I, I still work with them. I am an alumni, you know, University of Delaware now has an entrepreneur major, right? Right. And while I'm part of it and I help them, I'm not going to lie, and I've said this out there before, an entrepreneur major, you know, when we had $1 in our checking account, and I wondered, will we be in business the next day? A yeah. professor is going to teach me how to deal with that anxiety. Right. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. so entrepreneur, while again, I, I appreciate that it's a major, you are now telling kids to pay you $40,000 a year. Right. When they could go put $40,000 into a McDonald's or a Subway franchise. And, and we'll, let's not go off too much, but you know, but those are just some things where I'm like, all right, look, I would at least tell my kid, hey, you want to do it, do it, but let's figure this out. And then the last part of it is I'm just seeing obviously, and hopefully this changes, I'm seeing so many kids come out of this thing and spending 10 years of their lives stressing over debt. Yeah, more than 10. That to me is like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I have a friend who's, I don't want to mention his name, but I have a friend, he's 35 and he's still figuring out the way. And he's, every time I see him, he's like, I'm closer, I'm closer. And that's, to me, that that diminished I've, I've told them this straight up. I feel like your loan has diminished your quality of life because mm-hmm. you wake up and go to sleep thinking, how much closer am I to paying off my college loan? And already, I view 40 as your halftime. We could talk about this too. 
I view 40 for me being 42. I much more now, and part of the beauty of starting 6 a.m. run, I much more now view 40 as the halftime of my life, so to say. You totally. know what I mean? If you're oh, yeah. going to live till, knock on wood, going to live till about 80, I'm at the halfway mark right now. Yeah. The older you get, the more you're going to think you're going to grow older because you want the age. I don't want to fit past half, but I hear you. A quick comment on the debt thing in college. Uh, there's a fantastic documentary, fantastic, called Borrowed Future. Okay. Borrowed Future. I'd encourage your listeners to, to give it a listen or give it a watch rather. Easily found Borrowed Future. Seth Godin, my guy, is, is in it as an aside. But I, um, I would say knowing what you want to do and why you want to do it is really important. And then thinking through your options on how to get to where you want to go. You're not going to be able to become a doctor without getting certified. So that's a different kind of conversation. Just like you're not going to become a general contractor unless you're going to get certified. Yeah. They still require that kind of somebody oh. else saying like you're safe to do this, these yes. kinds of skills, right? But I, when I think about the age question and where are you at, I heard this great quote from this, this leadership teacher, actually a guy. He said that uh, in our 20s, we think we can do everything. And in our 30s, especially if you have rugrats running around your house and you're in the Valley of the Diapers, you start to wonder if you can do anything. Yeah. And then in our 40s, we're like, Ah, uh, I think I can do a few things. And then in our 50s, we feel realize yeah, actually we can do one thing. And then in our 60s, we do it. <laughs> so it's actually not just two halves of one life. It's actually uh, we're in a process of self-discovery, even as we're creating the life we're creating for ourselves and those that are coming behind us. And that's some of the the beauty of working this life out and why we want to get after it in our life. We only got one shot at this thing. If we're not getting after it, I don't think there's many people at the end of their life who look back and go, I wish I had done less. I wish I didn't put myself on the hook more. If anything, people look back and say, why didn't I take greater risks? Why didn't I go for it a little bit more? What if I could find more courage to do that? And um, if you can do dreams to get you to a place where your courage increases, you're going to find you're going to flourish more in life than not. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that 100%. I think everything you're saying too, I don't want to say it's weird. I think, and I want to be, I want to say this very carefully because there's people that I know struggle with this and, and, and mental illness and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's just lulls, right? Like depression can be, totally. like, I just remember when I was in corporate America, I was not, I don't want to say I, I wasn't depressed. Maybe someone else might've said you kind of were, but it was just like, it's, I'll say this and, and you and I can definitely, we're, we're of the age, I don't know how many of our listeners can, the movie Groundhog Day got just more real, if that makes yeah, any sense. Sure, sure it does. Yeah, You know what I mean? Not when, when I'm a kid, I'm like, that movie just seems so weird. And then now as like, I'm 42, the movie Groundhog Day, well, not now, but what I was saying, like 35, 36, that movie Groundhog Day just had a whole other like reality element to it that I was like, dude, I feel this guy's pain. Yeah. That desire to kind of have something new and fresh and not just have the same day over and over again, mm-hmm. because it's such a common human experience, we got to find a way to redeem the day, to redeem the 24-hour window that feels like the same as yesterday and it's going to be the mm-hmm. same as tomorrow. And I'm someone who's had really significant highs and lows in my life. I know what depression feels like. I've logged a lot of time on the couch with therapists. And I'll say this, man, if you're in a dark place and you're listening to this conversation, First of all, the fact that you're listening is good news. The fact that you're showing up right now is really good news. And the goal isn't to have this Herculean dream happen overnight. That's what I kind of hate about influencer culture is it gives the impression of if I just hustle, it'll happen. I hate and that. 
yeah, I don't think that's actually a reflection of reality. I actually know Gary V and Gary doesn't, Gary hustles, no question about it, but it took him 10 years. It took him four years to get anybody to watch one of his podcasts. So it's just a part of every human person. So even though we have visions for future years and what we want to do, or even regrets looking back at past years, really what it comes down to is what are we going to do today? What are we going to do in this 24-hour window? And if people are at home listening and they're like, I, I don't know if I want to do anything today. Well, maybe today you need to have a nap. Maybe that's a good use of your day today. Uh, maybe it's you could think about somebody else and how you can serve them so you can get out of your own head and into somebody else's service, and that'll get you in a better place. Or maybe you're in the middle of it and you're after it, and you're like, I want to up my game. I want to really go for something, and you're going to try something that's really difficult today. Mm-hmm. Wherever people are at individually, it's not what they do. Ultimately, it's what they did in their lifetime, but I think it's what they do today that matters most. Yeah. To your point, too, there was an article I read. As you get older, it's not so much that you forget things. It's like you just said, your days kind of become so redundant and every day is so similar. So like I, I couldn't even, and I'll be honest, even now, I love what I do, but sometimes because I'm doing my routine so many days, if you told me, hey, what did you do last Monday? What'd you eat for dinner? What like... Because the day now, if you tell me literally right before the pandemic hit, what were you doing? Because I was, it's funny where you are now. I was on vacation in California when it hit, right? Like being on vacation, you kind of flip your script a little bit. Mm -hmm. So your memory remembers that more because it was not your normal, typical day. I know, I know, like I said, and then back to, I know the pandemic for a lot of people made, there's definitely some times, even though I love what I do and we were still, you know, doing business and, and a lot of people started running while they were on lockdown. You know, we made the hashtag running is not canceled. You could still go outside and run. Yeah. But there was definitely times my wife and I would look at each other and I'm like, wow, it's a Saturday today. But you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. One of the reasons why we do what we do at Men of Discomfort and Women of Discomfort is measure everything in 24-hour windows is actually to help us remember our days. And again, I'm, I'm not being facetious when I say this. If we're present and awake in our 24-hour windows of time, we actually can, we'll not only remember it, we'll, be, we'll live more. Uh, it's kind of like the difference between people scarfing down food and people taking one bite at a time mm-hmm. and methodically tasting every bite. And most people don't do that. They're mm-hmm. so busy rushing to the next thing, they miss it. And some of the reasons why we do what we do it at Men and Women of Discomfort is because we want to have people actually live their lives, mm-hmm. actually experience the visceral nature of life. Even the hard days, like one of my absolute best friends, the guy I started Men of Discomfort with, my buddy Tim Kruger, he died of stomach cancer on January 1st of this year. Oh, no, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, thank you. It was brutal. Two kids, married to an amazing woman, Jess. And I um, I loved him. And that day was one of the worst days. And I got, I felt it. I didn't like it, but I, w- I was in it. And I won't forget that. I actually honor my friend Tim by the fact that I would let myself get into that day. But a lot of people come up on those kinds of hard days and they don't even have the ability to be in it. They're just escaping, they're drinking, they're hiding, they're doing whatever. And I get it. Like I, I have empathy for people. But I want to become the kind of person that, whether it's a high, high, like I, something great happened, or a low, low, like I lost a dear friend, I want to be in that day alive, feeling the full spectrum of what it means to be alive. Yeah. And again, knock on wood, I, can't, I don't want to like speak to something I don't personally know about. But I know that as I've had people around me, as I hit 40 and 
people I maybe went to school with, as certain people kind of do start to pass, you definitely, I will say this, you do part of like where we're talking about how you kind of gauge things. You definitely see like, oh my God, tomorrow's not promised. So you definitely, definitely change your steps a little bit. The other thing too, that's funny, I even just noticed when I was 21, 25, a roller coaster, anything, I was the first person to be like, I'm getting on that. At 42, I'm kind of like, like, do I really need to go on a roller coaster? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, but it's just funny Like, you think maybe if, if you can speak to this, literally at 25, listen, I knew I wasn't Superman. I'm not saying I was like totally dumb, but you really think you're invincible. Like when I look back and if my kids sure. ever listen to this, I don't want to say exactly what, but you can probably imagine some of the things I did between 21 to 25, I'm like, you effing idiot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's, that's kind of how we're wired biologically, right? Like in our early years, there's this, we want to go out, we're driven by ego. We want to get out and win and do and experience and explore and adventure and all that makes sense. And then something happens where we begin to shift and it becomes less about us and our egos, hopefully, Mm -hmm. and more about how do we set other people up for their life. Mm -hmm. And I think when that happens, all of a sudden it's, it's less about us taking the big leap that's dangerous and more like we're conscious of the full spectrum. We've fallen before, know what that feels like. We're more measured in our steps, which again, I think makes sense to do. But sometimes it just takes some time to kind of get the perspective required to do that. Yeah. But I'm a dead horse beaten over here, but I got to say it again. The fact that you do what you do, man, to encourage people to every day get up and do it again. Every day get up and do it again. It is so mission critical that people find their path. Like there's this old line that says, we are what we repeatedly do. What you do every day at 6am is probably who you are and paying attention to that. And if you don't like who you are at 6am, well, figure out what you did last night at 11pm and switch that up. So 6am gets better and you'll be in a much better position. You're kind of bringing some of the things I, I maybe have said, guys, and if I'm repeating myself, please forgive me. So as my, I said, my daughter, she's 14. She does a lot of sports. And one of the things that as, as she gets in a more competitive situations, you'll see a lot of the coaches, one of the things they say and they do, it's, you know, you probably know this, it, it's called the 24-hour rule, right? A lot of us parents who have a kid that's okay at sports, you know, we become crazy parents a little bit. And what's crazy is this is an amazing rule. And, and I'll tell you, there's games when I'm like, what the hell is this idiot doing, right? Mm-hmm. But then you take a second. I will go run. But by that time, 24 hours passes, I'll go have ran. It amazes me what a different space you'll be in 24 hours removed from the situation. Totally. Whereas literally 24 hours ago, you wanted to kind of go choke this guy or, or woman who coaching, you know, your kid and made an error. You're like, why'd you bench my kid? Why'd you not play my kid? Why'd you make this decision? But 24 hours later, you're like, all right, maybe my kid wasn't on like they normally are. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the other thing about too, how like just a difference 24 hours can make in your perception of things, yeah. right? When you can kind of step back and look at it to answer kind of what you were saying too on the running. And that's what I'm not, I'm not a meditator per se. I just, I cannot clear my head. I know, I know they say clear your head, focus on breathing. I've, I've read it. I've tried it. I can't do it, but I can go on a run, clear my head. You asked me, Hey, what'd you think about on that last hour you were running? I don't remember because it was just flushing out of me, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. Well, you're probably closer to meditating when you run than you think you are. Right. That's actually closer to what it actually is. And so 
my version of what you're describing. I, I, I know what Euphoria from running is. And I, I was talking to an ultramarathoner this morning at CrossFit, a woman named Kristen. She's done multiple hundred milers. And we were talking about the dark cave that all of us get into for really ultra distances. That's telling you pre-air that I did a, a 50 mile mm-hmm. walk earlier this year, about three months ago, I ran uphill, walked the others. And right around mile 36, I hated everyone. I, everything, every, everything around me was just dark and evil and gross. And I was just dying. And, and what's crazy is I knew that I was in that dark cave, but I was about 30 minutes away from being in like the light, getting out of the dark spot. If I would just keep walking and sure enough, it happened, but you couldn't have told it to me when I was in the dark cave, man, I had nothing but negative to say. And I think that's where it's helpful. Again, you're talking about those folks who maybe they're listening and they're having a hard go today or whatever perspective, man, which is what you're describing, it can change in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. If, if people can just consider even this little, here's two little things. If you have a list of everything that's on your list and that list is your chores, your have tos, I have to go work out. I have to get up at 6am. I have to. And what you're really saying is I want to motivate myself to get there and I'm, I don't want to do it. If you can just change the word have to get, yeah, I get wow. to, I get uh... to, I get to everything changes. So like, Three and a half years ago, I tore my Achilles tendon on my left leg. For a year, I couldn't do any exercise with my significant exercise with my left leg. And like, I'm a big Clay Thompson NBA fan. Right, right. The Warriors, you know, Kobe is from Newport. I was around him all the time. He tore his Achilles. Like, I was in this club of people who understood, like, this is an awful thing. But I'll tell you what, before my Achilles, I would be like, oh, I have to go work out. I have to. When I got my Achilles torn, you got to believe every day I was like, I would do anything. I would chaw off my arm to go for a run right now right. and then finally get healed. And like, now I'm like awake. I don't want to miss out. I don't. And, but if I'm not careful, I can drift right back to that place of like, Oh, I have, you don't have to, man. You don't have to, you get to. And when you start thinking like, I, I get to do it all. I get to have the hard conversation with somebody. Gratuity. It's gratuitous, right? Showing up with a sense of like, this is a privilege to have air in my lungs. This is a privilege to go do my life everything changes. And that's what you're talking about. When you want perspective, you want to have instant perspective change, move from have to to get to. Yeah. I love that. I love that. This has been an amazing 30, you know, some minutes and I don't want to hold you up too much longer. Like I said, I think maybe we'll definitely, and we'll talk, Dane, I I think we'll definitely do maybe like a part two to this. I think we're kind of unraveling really nice orange here, unpeeling a a nice orange or we're getting to really some, some really cool things. And maybe we, we can kind of outline and and do it a different episode as well. But I do want to give you an opportunity. You mentioned it. Let's, let's say your site one more time. And I want to give you the forum. I'm, I'm not in too, too much of a rush, but but please let's give you that last forum to kind of say if there's a few messages you want to get out to our audience, a couple bullet points, and then also where people can reach you. Sure. Um, I love what you're doing. Exactly. Vice versa. I think you are right there. I think you're taking everything you go through and immediately trying to flip it on. Okay. Now helping others. And, and there's so much that I see in value in what you're doing and I hope you don't stop, but let me stop rambling. Go ahead and, and let's give you like these last couple of words here. Yeah. So for folks who are listening, what I'm not going to do is sell anybody on anything. But if you guys are listening and you're like, look, let's say you run a company and you know that if your employees love their job, they'd stick around longer, they'd do more work and your best people would stay longer. Go check out tellmeyourdreamsplural.com. Tellmeyourdreams.com. That's one place where I work. I love our work and I can explain more later. Second, if you're in a place where you know uh, comfort has you more than you have it, 
and you want to make a change in your life, go check out menofdiscomfort.com or womenofdiscomfort.com. They'll take you to the same place. It's mwodlife.com. And uh, four times a year, we start a little 90-day program. If you want to change your life, check that out. It works, guaranteed. And then the last thing I'll say is if you want to chat, like literally chat directly, I have this little video site, asynchronous video site, where you can just leave a message. I'll, cut, I'll chat back at you if you have any follow-up questions. It's just askdane.com, askdane.com. And uh, if you want to chat there, happy to chat anytime you want. And uh, thanks for the privilege of being here, man. Thanks for what you do. I really appreciate that. And Dane, like I said, let's let's definitely talk and continue to talk. And where you're at, definitely, I'd, I'd love to have you, you know, take over some blogs and, and definitely to speak to our community. So I got that. Yep. I'm going to put it up in our bio and you and I will talk here very shortly. So, awesome. all right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, everyone for listening. Let's t- thank Dane for his time. And guys, till next time, thank you, everyone. 